Everybody and welcome to True Stories of Tinseltown. And this is part. What is this? Part three. Part yes, part three. We're doing the lovely um, of our sultry brunette um, of classic Hollywood. We're doing one that could be controversial to some because I don't know if she's thought of as really sultry, sultry, but she's sultry, (laughs) and her name is Lupe Velez, Little Lupe. Yes, now Lupe is just one of the most interesting. Very interesting. Yes, you know, our life's full of scandal, which we'll we'll get into, and nothing with Lupe is, is ever calm. It's just, it's always going. She's a Mexican spitfire. Come on. Yeah, you know, what can, what can you expect from her? Um, but yeah, no. So Lupe was born Maria Guadalupe Villalobos Velez. Goodness, my Spanish is horrible. So if anyone here speaks Spanish, I apologize. Um, but she was born in the uh, San Luis Potosi city in Mexico. Her dad's a colonel under um, Por- Porfirio Diaz. And her mom, according, some people like to say she was a hooker, but she wasn't. She was actually an opera singer. Oh, they were saying Lupe's mom was a, I didn't read that, was a hooker? Yeah, no, there are people who say that Lupe's mom was a hooker, and it's just, she was oh not my. a hooker, she was an opera singer. They're, you know, they're a pretty upper-middle-class family. Um, you know, they're they're not like this, you know, I, I've seen people say her dad was a bandit and her mom was a hooker. <laughs> no, nothing with Lupe can ever, you know, just be... Showcase who she actually was. It always has to be in scandal. Yes. Um, but yeah, she was born July 18th, 1908. So we, you know, went past her birthday a few weeks ago. And she's, you know, one of five kids. She has three sisters and a brother. She's, they're a prominent family. I'm not going to say, oh, they were the richest family in all of Mexico, but they are prominent and they, they do have a little bit. And that's financially comfortable is probably the best way to work. Yes. Um, you know, they have a large home. And I mean, it's evident that they're successful because when Lupe's 13, they send her to Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio, Texas. It's a convent school. It is. To And, you know, that's where Lupe learns English and she begins to dance and she later would say she loved her dance classes, but otherwise she was a horrible student. Amen. I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just bored. No, she's just, she tried, Lupe, yeah, I was born in class too, and obviously so was Lupe, but she began in 19, 
1920s, she is, or this is all the 1920s, but like 1924-ish, when Lupe would have been like 16, she was back in Mexico, and she started performing in local stage shows and eventually the theater. And again, because there's always something with Lupe, people like to say she was a hooker at this point. There's nothing to suggest that no. Lupe was a hooker either. No, I have never. I've read later that she dated gigolos, but I didn't read anything about Lupe being a hooker. Oh, yeah, no, people. I honestly think it's because she was a very sensual and, as you said, sultry person. And very free. Very free. Mm -hmm, exactly. Very pretty and not afraid to speak her mind. She gets these horrible rumors attached to her. But definitely was not a hooker. She worked very, very hard. And she does, you know, become known around Mexico for her theatrical ability. Um, you know, she, she does have a few, I guess, hiccups is the best way to say it along the way. Um, she does get let go from at least one production due to her feisty attitude, <laughs> but I don't think it's really so much that she's, you know, like, I don't think it's any bitchery on her part. I think it's more so she knows what she wants. She wants to be treated fairly. She knows her value and she demands, you know, treatment that reflects the star she is. And I can't say I blame her. Me either. You know, really, most people liked Lupe, um, but she did have aunt, uh, people she hated. Um, we'll get into that later. I love this list. It's funny. And why she allegedly despises them. But she, um, she does get, she, does she go to New York before she goes to Hollywood? Yes, she, she gets, um, she, sorry, my brain just completely froze up <laughs> um she's hired by Ziegfeld to go to Mexico and then she so no she she's going to go or to go to Mexico to go to New York and then she makes a detour basically to Los Angeles yeah by 1927 she had immigrated to Hollywood so what was she 18 yeah, she would have been. Yeah, she would have been eighteen or nineteen. How Roach discovered her. So that yeah, that's another thing. There's like ten thousand stories as to how she was discovered. Um, one is that Richard Bennett, who was of course the father of Joan and Oh yeah, I read that one too. <laughs> yeah, that he discovered her. Um, I shouldn't say that he discovered her. It was Frank A. Woodyard supposedly discovered her and recommended her to Bennett. And he was going to put her in the dove. And mm -hmm. um, she, and the, I don't know, this is the version that I tend to stick with um, because I believe Lupe repeated this version. But, you know, Lupe also was very excellent at crafting her own stories about her stardom. But... Um, Lupe was, you know, supposedly sitting there. She was going to go to Cuba to perform. She gets this offer from Bennett to appear in the Dove, and she obviously quickly changes her plans. And she goes to Los Angeles, and she gets to Los Angeles, and she finds out she's already been replaced. 
bummer. Who replaced her? Well, that's the thing. No one cares who replaced her. <laughs> Was it uh, Dolores Del Rio? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, no. Well, poor Dolores. Um, but, you know, then she's in Los Angeles and she meets Fanny Bryson. Bryce is the one who recommends her to Ziegfeld, who, you know, invites her to perform in New York. Ziegfeld supposedly, or Ziegfeld, Lupe takes his offer and then she gets a call from MGM, um, Harry Rapp, who works there, and he offers her a screen test and she goes. And Hal Roach sees the screen test and then she makes her debut in Hal Roach's Say Where's Beware. It's a huge mess. Is that, that's with Laurel and Hardy, right? Yes. Yeah, Roach, Roach did the Laurel and Hardy shorts. Um, and, you know, she sits there and she's, I believe she co-starred with Charlie Chase, if I remember correctly. Charlie. And, um, her next Hell Roach short, which would be What Women Did For Me. hmm But, you know, she sits there and, of course, she looks very beautiful. And then, you know, word starts floating around town of... As you, I mean, she's not quite the Mexican spitfire at this point, but mm-hmm. we're searching on floating around town of this beautiful, you know, Mexican actress. And she gets a screen test for Douglas Fairbanks, you know, next big film, The Gaucho. And, and Mary Pickford's in that as well. Yes. And The Gaucho, of course, just skyrockets her career it's a hit they think Lupe's great she's you know spirited she's fun she's willing to do all of her own stunts and people just you know think she's great and I can't say I mean I think she's great too I do too I love little Um, Lupe yeah no exactly but of course um during this time there's also another very popular Mexican actress, and that is, of course, Dolores Del Rio. And there's there's many stories of a feud. It really doesn't peak until the 30s, but this kind of, you know, lays down the groundwork for it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, Grace, what do you think about the Dolores and Lupe feud? And then I'll go into my thoughts. Well, I think... You know, because people like to have feuds. They like to get feuds. You know, okay, there's two Mexican women. And Dolores Del Rio is supposed to be from an aristocratic family. She's a lady. And Lupe is the little Mexican spitfire who sort of like, you know, doesn't have the class and elegance of Dolores Del Rio. So they, I, I don't know, I think... They made it up in the beginning, but I think towards the end, for Lupe, it became very real. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I I think that a lot of it was put on. I don't think that they were ever going to become best friends, but I've also heard um, that, you know, it wasn't uncommon, especially in the 30s, for them to sit there and have dinner at one another's homes. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, 
I think it's just kind of what you want to believe on it, I, I guess, is the thing. But, you know, I... There were two I, different characters. There were two different personas, you know what I mean? There was room for the two of them. Exactly. And I think both of them were resourceful enough to realize that. Yeah. I mean, each oh. had it, and there was plenty. There's only a couple... Well, they were only the really the only two uh, Hispanic women, right? Of like their star caliber, absolutely. Right. And then they had um, Gilbert Rowland, who was from Mexico as well. But he changed, you know, he didn't, that wasn't his Mexican name. He changed it to Gilbert Rowland. He is one hunk of a hunk of burning love. He was such a handsome dude. Also, uh, Ramon, Ramon Navarro, who we spoke about, Along with Lupe in Hollywood Babylon, he was a very good friend with Lupe. He he liked her a lot. Yeah, and I mean, Ramon was also um, Dolores' cousin. So yeah. they're, they're, you know, they all at least know each other. And I just think, you know, this idea that those two were just sitting there fighting, I, I, I mean, they would have had more in common with each other than anyone else that they were associating with. And, um, you know, there's this really great dissertation on Lupe, which I know you've read it mm-hmm. too, Grace. Uh, and, you know, uh, there's this one line that really sticks out to me with it, and it goes, the American public accepted Lupe and Dolores as one of, you know, or as theirs, but never one of them. <laughs> you know, it's like they were American stars, but they were never actually going to be American. Right. And it's like, I, I do think that, you know, Lupe and Dolores would have been able to connect. And I'm not going into a whole, you know, discrimination rant, but I do think they would have been able to relate to one another's struggle. So, I, like I said, I don't think they were BFFs, but I don't think they absolutely hated each other either. I mean, people act like Lupe was trying to basically kill Dolores. <laughs> I never heard that. That was silly. They always say she's trying to kill somebody. Remember, that I read a dramatic... I'm going to give a, a really dramatic um, paragraph and a few about Gary Cooper and Lupe. It's too much. And it's not true. I don't think. I think it's allegedly, and April will let us know. So, yes, Lupe came there, and then she got the the role in the film with her soon-to-be paramour, Gary Cooper. Yes, um, that, yeah, that's 1929's Wolf Song. And this relationship, Lupe had dated around a little bit. There's rumors that she goes with Charlie Chaplin, Tom Mix, Clark Gable, But her first, you know, high-profile, long-term relationship is with Gary Cooper. And they date for a little over two years. Um, And the relationship is very, very tumultuous. Very tumultuous. And also, Gary's mommy just did not like little Lupe for her big boy. So, And he was big. I think he was 6'4". Lupe's five feet tall. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there's definitely a very big um, height discrepancy between the two of them. And as you said, I mean, Gary's mom's all in the middle of it. And 
she supposedly doesn't, you know, like you said, she doesn't think that Lupe is good enough for him. I do think there's probably some stuff because Lupe is Mexican that Gary's mom probably isn't, you know, on board with either. But of course, you know, it's, oh, well, you know, she's just too fiery for my son. But anyway, 1931, Gary, you know, they've been in a relationship for two years. They're, like you said, they're not going to have, they they don't have the healthiest relationship. I think she wanted to marry him, don't you? Oh, yes. She at one point buys a wedding band. (laughs) I love that. People go, oh, you know, they must be finally be married. And she's like, no, I just bought this for myself and I want to wear it. I think she was head over heels for Gary. Yes. And she also this I think I mentioned this in um, Babylon, but also I think Louise Brooks witnessed this and I read it in in her book, but I've also seen it other places. And even in that thing that we were reading, the dissertation, they said that when he would come in, um, she would sniff his love zone because she was so jealous. She was so jealous. And let's face it, Gary, I don't think had a a faithful bone in his body. So (laughs) I don't think she, I wouldn't do that, but I, you know, I just think he never had a faithful bone in his body. Yeah, I think Gary Cooper is one of those people that he he really loved the Hollywood lifestyle, and I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, no, and like you said, I mean, I think yeah, I, I just think so much of it gets put on Lupe, but like Gary's not great either. But the difference is, is that Gary does kind of realize, like, hey, there's some issues with this relationship. And in um, 1931, May 30th or May, it's technically June 5th, but May, you know, he's been planning this trip. And he's going to go and explore Europe, basically. Um, And there are, you know, stories. It's to get away from Lupe. Can I give the story? So the story is that he breaks up with Lupe and he decides to go to Europe to basically, I guess, like clear his head after their breakup. And she follows him on train to Chicago and she sits there and fires a gun at him on the platform and says, Gary, you stupid son of a bitch or something like that. I mean, it's the most asinine story. But I've read it lots of times. So many places. A gunshot pierces the ear. Air. Cooper dodges a bullet and hustles onto the train, which will take him to a boat that will take him to Europe and far away from his tormentor. (laughs) You know, she's only five feet tall, you know, and he's six three. But, you know, I heard that she would give love bites, hickeys, you know, like marking her turf doing that kind of thing and fighting and doing that. But I, the bullet thing cracks me up. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, it's this, it's this huge story. But, um, I mean, if people want to go through like all of my sources on it, I have it on my website, on the Classic Blondes website. I totally believe that. Um, what happens is Lupe actually leaves first. So his trip, he's leaving June 5th. Lupe 
is going across the country on this like trans, you know, national tour, basically, or I should just say national tour. She's going on this national tour to, you know, perform and basically, you know, showcase, you know, who she is. Mm-hmm. So she, the, you know, the quote unquote shooting would have happened, I think, around like the third or fourth. But we'll just we'll just quick get to a very quick timeline of this. So May 30th, she's in Chicago. Gary is obviously still in Los Angeles and she stops in Chicago before she goes on to Cincinnati. And then, you know, June 1st, she's in Cincinnati. She's performing. Um and then she she actually stays in Cincinnati for a little bit. Gary actually comes to Cincinnati to see her. So it's evident that they haven't broken up. No, and he also has nothing but kind things to say about Lupe. And I don't know if he wrote a book or he was cooperating with someone uh, writing his stuff, but he said she was wonderful and she was full of life and, you know, just... He was really upset when she she died, that's for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. Um and so yeah, no, like he he stops to see her, he stops to see her in Cincinnati. He then goes on, you know, to Chicago and she's still performing in Cincinnati, you know, like three times a day. So there's no possible way that Lupe could have sat there, made a 500-mile round trip between Cincinnati and Chicago and been back to perform on time. And then the other thing is this isn't reported at all in the papers. Like, no one just thought, oh, maybe we should report that Lupe tried to shoot Gary. How stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it is stupid. So he's in Chicago, you know, like June, you know, 4th, Mm -hmm. because he's leaving from New York June 5th. Lupe's in Chicago June 6th. That's when she arrives in Chicago. Oh, the drama. People love that stuff. And it, I mean, it's, I know I read it long ago and I believed it. <laughs> I did. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, I, I do get it, especially because this stuff's repeated over and over. I mean, it's in both of the English language Lupe biographies that we have. But, you know, Michelle Vogel's book opens up with it, and it's also in Lupe Velez and Her Lovers, which is an absolutely horrible book. Don't recommend it to anyone. But, you know, it's it's very much cemented in Lupe lexicon, and it's just – it's not true. Um, but stuff like that does contribute – to as you said, you know the Mexican Spitfire. Right, it's good reading. It's good myth, you know, mythic. Exactly, it's on mythic tales for her. I'm reading uh, this thing. I re- I heard she was really good. Um, she could do really good impersonations. I'm sorry, you guys. I've had this funkadelic thing since Wednesday, so I know my throat sounds crappy. Um, but. She was allegedly a very good um, impersonator. And they said, Lupe was quick to resent her competition in Hollywood, disliking Marlena Dietrich and Catherine Hepburn. Out of spite, Velez loved to give insulting impressions of those actresses, which only drove more of a wedge between them and herself. 
When Marlene Dietrich shot a movie with Velez's boyfriend, Gary Cooper, Velez took things even further. She made sure to sit in Cooper's lap to make sure Dietrich couldn't seduce him. Who knows if that's true at all? Yeah, no, and I just, you can see um, a little bit of Lupe's impersonations in High Flyers. She does a, she does a really great Dietrich impersonation. She also does Shirley Temple. And Gabo, and she is allegedly really cannot stand, um, what's her face? Uh, one of our sultry vixens, Norma Shearer. Lupe was allegedly not into her. I can see probably Norma wouldn't be into Lupe. Yeah, I think um, I think they had a very uh, I, I couldn't see them meshing, and I don't think that reflects poorly on either one of them. I just think they had very different personalities, and I do think that not as much uh, of Lupe's personality, like actual personality. But I do think that her screen persona really affected how people, even in the Hollywood colony, viewed her. And then, of course, when she has, you know, like her relationship with Cooper and it's, you know, very often front page news about how they're fighting. I I do think, you know, it kind of sequesters her into her own little sphere. Yeah. But I don't think it's really anything of her own doing either. Like, I don't think that Lupe is a mean person. No, I get nothing about her being mean. She's a jealous person with her men. Oh, yes, she's jealous. But mean? No. I don't get mean at all. I get, you know, she's down to earth. She's a modern woman. She's actually came there very young. And she did really well for herself. And... No, I never saw any signs of her being mean. Quite the contrary. I've read things that people said she was incredibly kind. Exactly. And I think that's the aspect of Lupe that people really don't get is that she's actually a very nice person. She's a very generous person. Mm -hmm. You know, she provides for her family. She donates to charity. She spends a lot of time, you know, trying to give back and help others, but that aspect of her personality doesn't go along with what people want to believe. And so it's just kind of pushed under, you know, in favor of, oh, you know, look at this hot-tempered Latina. Well, they needed that. It it really, you know, I, I do think... Obviously, more people today know Del Rio's name than Valis's name. You think? But I do think that Lupe has probably left a bigger mark on film history. I agree. The roles she played. Yeah, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I think I would have to, um, we'd have to arm wrestle about that one. I don't know. I don't know if Dolores Del Rio is more known or is Lupe. I just don't know. I think Lupe, I know they say she's not, but. In, in the classic Hollywood community, people know who she is. Oh, no, exactly. But I think, I mean, Dolores is one of the statues in, you know, that four women of Hollywood statue off in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And Dolores is, you know, face is on Hollywood High School, which is the most random thing because she never went there. But she is there. And it's like, I think Dolores, I want to clarify this by saying first, I think Lupe is absolutely gorgeous. Me too. But I think Dolores was more of that, like, classy, sophisticated, pretty, like Grace Kelly. Yes. (laughs) And I think that Lupe is a little more, um, trying to think how to... She's alive, like alive, just, alive. Her face, yeah, alive. everything about her is alive. Like we were talking about Hetty, as Hetty, as beautiful as she was, it was like a masking thing. She didn't really pour out her emotions and her acting. Um, Dolores, I've only seen her in a couple things, and you know, she too was just beautiful face, and you know, th- that was a different thing. But Lupe had this. From within, this whole fiery, you know, full of life kind of thing. And I, you know, I thought, you know, to me, I prefer that over, you know, just kind of a statue kind of thing. Yeah, no, that that's exactly it. It's a vitality. Mm-hmm. She just, she absolutely radiates it. And you can see it even, you know, in her silent work. She just... She absolutely radiates, like you said, just aliveness. Yes, you know, and, and, and like filled with life. Touch her. Right. You know, and she's just, I, I can see why people love her. I mean, I love Loopy. I think she's amazing. Me too. I think Dolores is one of those untouchable, you know, exactly. glamorous Glamour post deluxe, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Lupe's one of those people you can go have a drink with her and have fun. Oh, I'd love to. Get some enchiladas and some (laughs) get some drinks. I dance on the tables with Lupe. Yay! Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whereas Dolores obviously her screen persona doesn't give off that vibe at all. Um, But Lupe does, you know, very, very well for herself. She, 1932, she takes a break from her film career. She goes to New York. She's finally working for Ziegfeld Jr. And she does a show called Hot Cha. Jimmy Durante was in that, right? Um... I can only think of Buddy Rogers and Eleanor Powell, but he might have been in it. Let me see. Hot Chat, because I know she worked with him in a few films. Um, Hot Chat. Yeah, I thought he was in there. Because didn't he used to go, Hot Chat, Chat, Chat? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he aged. No, I think they um, they did one, though, I want to say in like 34 called Strike Me Pink. Ah. Um, and so, I mean, just close enough. Um, but you know, the show's very highly rated, you know, Lupe, of course, is kind of like the star of it. She goes back to Hollywood. She makes stuff like... Did you ever uh, see Congo? Did I ever? No, I have not seen Congo. I highly recommend you guys to see Congo. It is a remake of, um, I think, East of Zanzibar that Lon Chaney made in The Silence. And this 
Lupe is wonderful in this, and it is, you feel sweaty and gross watching it. I'll tell you that. I really feel that I'm there, but it's so good. And it stars uh, Walter Houston, Lupe, um, and other actors I'm not that familiar with. And he, it's just really good. And I think you can watch it on YouTube. So check it out. Congo, I think it's 1932 or 3. Really good movie. Yeah, no, and she she does, like, really great. My movies for Lupe are the Mexican Spitfire films. I mean, I can watch that series all the time. They get cheesier as they go along, but they're great. I have not um, seen one April. Oh, you have to watch all of them. You have to start with The Girl from Mexico, which is the first one. Yeah, I read about them. I'm like, why haven't I seen these? Because I know yeah. they were out there, but they're totally different than what I thought they were. I totally want to watch all of these movies, and I will. No, they're genuinely great movies, and I I definitely recommend watching them. Um, You know, and Lupe is popular at the box office. You know, she, they, you know, put her in some, you know, bigger movies like Hollywood Party, which is one of those, you know, all-star, kind of like vaudeville on the screen um, you know, films that were really popular in the mid thirties. And she does, you know, well, she's popular and MGM and 34 is just like, we don't have anything for you. And she gets dropped and she's like, well, you know, whatever, I'm going to go freelance. So that's exactly what she does. She spends about a year and a half in England making some movies in 35, 36-ish. And then she goes to Los Angeles, and that's when she makes high flyers. Okay, we got to um, get Johnny Weissmuller in there. Her only oh, husband. Have to get Johnny. Her yeah. only husband, the only guy she married. Yes, of course, Johnny is most famous for Tarzan. Um, and he's a big hunk. He is. They marry in 33. So, what is it, like a year and a half after her split from Gary Cooper. Right. Um, and the real... I don't know what she saw in Johnny Weissmuller. His body. <laughs> maybe he was charming who knows maybe he he she loved that yell i don't know maybe he swang from a branch in their bedroom i don't know yeah they just they have a they have a very odd relationship i guess i think that's you know tempestuous as well exactly they get married october 8th 1933 July 34, she files for a divorce. They reconcile a week later. January 35, shortly before she goes to England, she files for a divorce. And then she, you know, cancels it. They reconcile, you know, a month later. 38, she files for a divorce. And this is the one that goes through. It's, you know, granted a year later in August of 39. Okay. And every single time she cites him with cruelty. I, I do think... That Johnny was a mean person to her. I just, I don't think he was necessarily a mean person all the time, but I think they would sit there and go to each other. And I do think that, you know, especially being Lupe was a relatively devout Catholic in a lot of ways. Yes, she was. 
you know, I don't think that she took filing for divorce lightly. No, obviously, it took her three times. But I want to leave this, and I want to hear what you think of, of this, because I've read this many times. Okay. This is a scan. I'm reading, quote, verbatim, a scandalous anecdote claims that a dark deed caused the breakup between Lupe and Johnny. Apparently, Johnny came home to find that his beloved dog was dead. Wise Muller believed that his own wife poisoned the pup because she was wildly jealous of all the attention Wise Muller gave it. Furious with Velez, allegedly, Johnny broke her parent her parrot's neck either. I'm reporting them to Anna Animal, <laughs> animal Health Places if either of them did that. And I've read a lot of places. Awful. Awful. Yeah, I I don't think that Lupe would have killed his dog. Johnny might have broken her parrot's neck, but I don't think she would have killed his dog. I'd like to think Tarzan, you know, being in the jungle and stuff, would not break a parrot's neck. I would like to yeah. think that's not true. Um, cheetah, yeah, cheetah, I mean, tell me if it's I, not I true. Yeah. I don't think, to be honest with you, Johnny broke the parrot's neck either. But I, she, I highly doubt she would. I, I could say with 99.99% certainty she did not poison the dog. She was known to love animals. Um, you know, and even when she died, she had her two little dogs. Yes. You know, why do people put that no crap out there? I just, you know, like that would be, who would even tell that? I mean, she go, oh, by the way, I poisoned Johnny's dog. And he, yeah. He, he broke the neck of my bird. You know, <laughs> tell this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, no, she, no, she wanted, she wouldn't have sat there and killed the dog. I, I think it's just one of those things. Again, it shows her fiery personality and her jealousy over the dog. But I have to say, not, I'm not saying Johnny or Lupe, but I have heard horrific tales, and especially in New York, because so many people don't have children here, so they have the fur babies, and. They're they're sending people to jail. This one guy was so jealous of his girlfriend's dog. He just took it and threw it. They were on like the 30th floor, threw her dog out the window. He got two years. Ha. Yeah, that dude should that dude should be thrown from the floor. But there are other people that they get so jealous, it's unbelievable. Oh yeah, no, and I mean it definitely happens, but I just I don't think that Lupe would have killed the dog. I don't either. And I don't think he would have I know you think he probably would have done the parrot's neck, but you know, I don't I you know I can't well, I don't wa- think like he would have just randomly gone in and killed her. I mean he he might have thought that she did something to the dog. I like I said, I don't think Lupe did and maybe killed her parrot, but realistically I don't think Johnny killed her parrot either. That would be terrible. Um, but you know, regardless of what happened with it, they both ha- they have a horrible relationship, and I think you know Hollywood kind of breathes a sigh of relief when they finally do finalize their divorce in thirty nine. You know, it's just it's not a good marriage; they're just not good for each other. You know, and the other thing I think too that sometimes people tend to forget on this is that Lupe is only 31 when they get divorced. I mean, it's not like she's, you know, 45. She had a hell of a life, right? She lived a lot of life there. Exactly. I mean, she's, you know, they, she gets married when she, she's 24 when they get married. 
it's like, you know, she is very young when, I, you know, they're doing all this. It's so weird to imagine that she's my age and she's, you know, divorcing Johnny Wise Muir. But, you know, she uh, she sits there, you know, her her career does begin to flounder a little bit. She goes back to Broadway in 38, um, you know, when she shortly after she had filed for or right before she had filed divorce. I don't know. One of the two, uh, I think shortly after she filed for divorce, um, she goes back to Mexico as well in 38. She makes her first Mexican film there. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of stories that Lupe wasn't really appreciating Mexico, but she goes and she's greeted by thousands of people. They I mean, that's her. Exactly. Proud of her. Like, 30,000 people come to greet Lupe off the train. Mm, my cat you know, comes to greet me when I come home. <laughs> he <anyway>. loves me. <laughs> um, but, you know, she just sits there and she goes and she makes, you know, five Mexican films. And then she goes to Los Angeles. And I shouldn't say that she makes five and 38, but she'll make five over, you know, for the rest of her life when she sadly passed away in 44. But she goes back in 39, 40, and she, 39, and she makes The Girl from Mexico. And this, of course, kicks off the Mexican Spitfire series. Um, I absolutely love these. She plays Carmelita, and it's an, they're absolutely amazing films. There's eight films in total, and they're just, they're all really funny. I mean, I'm not going to lie, some of the humor's dated, but they are very, very good. And she's cute, uh, and she, I can't wait to watch this. I, I really, when I read about it, I had a whole different outlook on what um, those movies were. And then when I'm researching Lupe, I said, oh my goodness, why have I missed these? Yeah, no, they're, they're, for me, they're just, they're, they're prime loopy. I have the box set that has all, um, eight of them. Um, I think my favorite, the girl from Mexico, of course, sets it up and it's the highest budget of all of them as well. But I think the Mexican Spitfire's Baby is probably my favorite film of them. It's just, you have to watch it. It's hilarious. It's the fourth film in the series and it's genuinely like I laugh throughout the entire movie. Right. I'm going to watch my uh, little Lupe. Yeah, no, Lupe is uh, um, absolutely great. Um, and she makes these films, and they they are all like pretty popular films. Yeah, she I doesn't mean, lose money. They're they're not like big budget, but they make dough. They do, and people go to see them. It's like you know, like I said, Lupe has a slight lag there in the you know late thirties, but with the girl from Mexico in thirty nine, I mean, yes, like you said, they are B films, but they're very popular B films. I mean, they're not going to make eight if they're not popular, right? Um, and then uh, she, after her the last film, Mexican Spitfire's Blessed Event. Uh, which I'm pretty sure the title says it all on that yes, one. Yes, and kind of creepy uh, in a way when we get to another part of her story. Yes. <laughs> um, she goes back to Mexico one last time. She makes Nana. She comes back to Los Angeles and 
she is in her personal life at this point. She's just kind of dating around. She's having, you know, a good time. They said she was dating gigolos. Yeah. Maybe they would call them gigolos because they had less money than Lupe. Who knows? Yeah, I would say that that's probably more so what it is because she's, I mean, she's going out with Jack Dempsey. Yeah, she loved the fights. Didn't she used to get into yeah. fight with the fighters? She <laughs> yeah, she absolutely loved the fights, and she was known to sit there and get, like, just go on ringside <laughs> and start screaming at the fighters, telling them how to punch. I'd love to be. I mean, <laughs> that would have been a riot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just... I don't say yeah. I wouldn't say that. I do think though, um, her last person, uh, Harold Mersh, who are, he went by Harold Armand. He was actually Austrian. Um, I think he was just scum. He was scum. You know, she, he's just. He's just, if anyone was a gigolo, it's, it's Harold. Yes, that's what they said about him. It's that he was just a user, user, userville from userville. Exactly. He's a struggling actor, you know, and of course, it's this is during World War II. How much younger was he than Lupe? Oh, goodness. I think Harold was like six years younger than her. Maybe. She was still a young woman herself. I mean, yeah, she, she's old. only 36. Right. Um, but she finds out she's pregnant in September of 1944. He's, he says they're going to get married. And then December 10th, she says she ends the engagement and kicks him out of her home. Um. But I would say he probably ended it, especially being her suicide note says, you know, you lied and said you loved us. Yeah, that he was just acting or something like that. Exactly. Um, You know, and then, of course, on December 14th, she takes a bunch of second on she passes away and we talked about this in great depth in hollywood and our hollywood babylon episode so i won't go into it but basically the key things you remember are lupe died on her bed she didn't die with her head in the, the toilet. yeah she didn't drown dying yeah it, yeah it was the pills that killed her she wasn't in a gold lame evening gown she was in um blue silk pajamas and um, her, she just couldn't deal with being an unwed mother. I think she was looking really forward to being a mother. But she couldn't be. She said, I can't have an abortion, and I will not, And but I have to, I can't have the baby. And so she committed suicide, which is horrifying. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, you know, it's a it's a really sad end for honestly what I who I would say was one of Hollywood's brightest lights in the thirties. She really was. And she um I don't know. I mean, obviously she wasn't always happy peppy chick, you know what I mean? Chicky chicky chicky. She was she was a human being. And have you read this one? That there were tons of rumors that um, the baby was not his. It was Gary Cooper. 
Yeah, that comes from Robert Slasser, the same guy. Oh, who yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> that horrible man. Isn't he the one who took pictures of Niagara and said, Yeah, and then he was like, <laughs> it's like we a tourist. were Mary. <laughs> um, even though she was shopping in Beverly Hills that day. Unbelievable. They were married. Um, and he wrote a book, right? Yeah, he wrote several, and they're all garbage. And um, You know, there are some people who have a relationship with a Hollywood star. I mean, and I'm not just saying romantic, like any sort of relationship. Friendship, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they'll capitalize on it, and they exaggerate. I mean, that does happen. This dude met her one time for, you know... Like that twenty minutes a that, day for two days. That's when she was on um, on uh, location in Niagara Falls, right? Yes, and he used his press credentials, even though he was like a book reviewer. <laughs> Where in like Michigan or Missouri or something? He wrote obituaries. Ah, no he he was he had a job at the at the paper and he was like the obituary writer slash book reviewer mm-hmm. and for you know like the Cincinnati Times Renaissance you know, man <laughs> yeah that's one way to put it um, but anyway he claimed that he interviewed Lupe and. You know, just a few weeks before her death, and she told him that was Gary Cooper's baby. And Gary Cooper said he was mad because the baby could have been his, and he was, but whatever. Who knows? All I know is that poor woman had killed herself at such a young age, and that is a tragedy. And she was this bright, beautiful light, and... If you see her, and I do say you guys check out Congo. It's not a comedy, but Lupe is great in it and very, she adds comedy to it, to a very kind of gross, sweaty, icky story. <laughs> I think it's a good watch in a yucky way. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's just. Where was she buried, April? Was she in she's she got buried in LA, right? No, she's buried in Mexico. And they said at least four thousand went to see her body or went to her her funeral or something. Did she have an open casket? She did have an open casket, and that was they had it in Los Angeles and then they moved her down to Mexico. And she is um she is buried at the same cemetery as Dolores Del Rio. Mm-hmm. I read that. Um, I think she dated briefly um, uh, Gilbert Rowland, and he was one of he was one of her pallbearers. Oh, I think he was um, just. I think every and not just him. I think everyone was absolutely shocked, stunned, hurt. I mean, because you don't. Imagine somebody like Lupe, you know, just ending it all. But she was, you know what? It's like, I'm 36. She only was married once. I don't think she was promiscuous at all. I think um, whether she wasn't, wasn't, doesn't matter to me anyway. But um, she just, I guess she was feeling it, you know? I, I'm just, 
I've been betrayed. I'm, you know, I'm all by myself. I, you know, she could have done a Loretta Young. She could have done a something else, you know, but she just was taking that way out. Exactly. I, I just think, I think it's one of those things they, you know, they she had an interesting life she had a life as fascinating as you know she is obviously and i wish that more people would try to look and find more out about the real lupe not you know yeah. the screen image lupe maybe somebody could write a really good book about lupe um but uh yeah i read one and it was it was basic about um latin stars and th- I couldn't actually, I couldn't read the print because it was like so faded out. But it it just wasn't very good either. I mean, it just was pretty sensationalistic. And yet on the other hand, a big snore. (laughs) It was like mostly a snore. And not true. Not that I read. Yeah, no, the, like you said, the few... We only have two English biographies of her, and they're both pretty poor. Michelle Vogels is significantly better than the Lupe Vela's and her lovers, but even Vogels' book is just kind of eh. But don't they also have, like, other people in that as well, not just Lupe and her lovers? Or is it just Lupe? That one's just Lupe, but they go into about, like, her lovers as well. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to be about, you know, Lupe. Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not a good book. Yeah. But she, you know, I'm looking because I was looking, you know, because generally you can find a documentary. And I was looking for a documentary or, you know, something on Lupe. And there was nothing. Like the, the longest thing was five minutes. And it was like tributes where they showed her pictures and music and things like that. But Lupe doesn't even have like a little mystery and scandals or anything you know that guy used to do those all the time not even that but um I think she was a good choice I think a lot of people in uh the classic Hollywood community know Lupe and love Lupe I mean I think she's lovable and beautiful and it just makes me so sad that that was her end and why that was she got hooked up with some real luck and uh that stinks yeah no she she got the short end of the stick a lot but you know what she always made do she persevered and i think you know she's one of those people who's prime for more exploration into her life definitely most definitely i am with you so I think we did pretty much our Lupe, correct? Yeah, Lupe Lupe has been fun. She's been great. Love her. And I am going to watch those Mexican Spitfires because I'm really excited to watch them because I thought it was this whole different thing. You know, like Anne Southern, she did this role. Was she Maisie the maid and then Maisie this and Maisie that? <laughs> it was all different things. This is totally different than... Um, what I thought it was going to be. So I have some watching to do. And April, um, I'm going to, this should be 
done tomorrow, and I'm going to put our fourth one out this week, too. You're going to get a double whammy, Ava Gardner, because actually April and I have talked about her before. We did a show on her and Frank, and a couple years ago, April and I did an Ava. So I will put, because I want to do it in order. First it was Lupe, then Ava, then I guess next week we're going to talk about Jane Russell, right? Yes. Yes. And talk about, she is a soldier brunette. And she is, you guys, I don't think a lot of you know who she, she's, she's an interesting woman, that's for sure. Mean, moody, and magnificent. <laughs> I love that, the three M's. Yes. So um, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you, my doll in April. And Thanks so much for having me, Grace. I love it. I love doing our series. And thank you, everybody. And bye. Listen to the stories of Tinseltown.